You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 242. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 242. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Good day, my love. Well, hello, governor. Hello, hello. <laughs> I'm... Top of the morning to you. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> excited for you because as this episode airs, you are right about to open your brand new clinic. Brand new, yep. In the Athletic Charlotte Injury area. and Recovery Clinic. Oh, wait, say it again. Athletic Injury and Recovery Clinic. Oh, it's so exciting. So this is... The whole premise of risk it to get the biscuit that you've always said, you know, and that we are in this massive risk place. Oh, so risky. And it's really thrilling, though. It's been really cool to watch you throw yourself into it. Uh, I'm, you know, it's uh, it's had its ups and downs, but I'm I'm starting to see it all come to fruition and start to see it all like really visualize and happen. Yeah, and it's uh, it's well worth it. Well, we'll be posting all about it over on my Instagram page. So if you are interested in seeing the locale, I will definitely be posting that in my Insta stories. You can find me over on Instagram at the joy junkie is my handle. But for today, I'm also excited because I'm doing an episode about the takers in our life and Uh how we can start to whittle that away and at least entertain more reciprocity inside of our relationships instead of feeling like we're giving, 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 giving and not getting anything in return. So I'm going to cover off about five major concepts for you to think about or five major steps essentially to eliminating or at least scaling down on the takers in your life, which I think Hmm. many of us can relate. We have that one friend or that family member who's extraordinarily draining. I'm going to give you a philosophy that I have about it that I'm hoping will shed a lot of light in your own life. So before we jump into all of that rich content, we got to shove on over, shove those mics over to you, babe. Shove the mic to me? Oh, for my little segment that we like to call... Would you rather? Yes. Today's would you rather is really funny. I like this one. Okay, good. Uh, Would you rather begin every sentence with, hey, idiot, (laughs) or end every sentence with, haha, I'm just kidding. Like every sentence? Every sentence. Oh my gosh, I have to think about the implications here because... So the hey, per- idiot, I was just thinking about taking you to the movies. Hey, idiot, what time would you like to go? <laughs> oh my gosh, or, or you're in a or, job interview. I'm just kidding. Do you want to go to the movies? I'm just kidding. What time? Or you're like, <laughs> I, I really want some extra avocado. Just kidding. No, you have to say it at the beginning. Oh, I'm, ju- I'm just kidding, but can I get extra avocado? Oh, you say in the beginning? Yeah. 
Oh, okay. I thought you said after. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. End every sentence with, I'm just kidding. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're right. You're pull right. your segment together, <laughs> yeah, 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 Mr. Yeah. Smith. Oh, my gosh. Going downhill fast. Okay. So, hey, idiot. More avocado, please. Or, more avocado, please. Haha, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you always have to say the ha-ha part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because you can't LOL or LMFAO. It has to be ha-ha. This would be a nightmare for me when I'm speaking. Oh my gosh. Like a speaking gig. Oh, that would be... Can you imagine all the confused faces? Well, yeah, (laughs) because every single thing would be, here's, here is how you communicate with your spouse. Just kidding. (laughs) Haha, just kidding. (laughs) But I... uh, Just kidding. Isn't there a uh, SNL character that does that? Where she's like, and then I took him to the park, just kidding. Oh, I I think I know what you're talking about. I think about. that's where this one was inspired, actually. Okay, uh, that's I think it's a Kristen Wiig character. Totally, yes, it is. I'm like, oh my god, yep. I think it's yeah, but uh, no big deal because I already have a cat too. Just kidding. Yeah, 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 something <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. I'll yeah, see if totally. I can find it. I'm usually calm, cool, and collected. Just kidding. I'm usually jumping hot and spread around. Just kidding. I'm not. I'm just scared of volcanoes. Just kidding. I'm not scared of volcanoes, but I'm scared of roosters because they say cockadoodle Just kidding. They say cockadoodle don't. Just kidding. They say cockadoodle do do charge. Just kidding. It's doodle do do debit. Just kidding. Where am I? I totally forgot about that. I think just because I'm the joy fucking junkie, I can't be yelling at people and calling them idiots. Uh, yeah, I think it's too uh, just kidding is easier to get past. It's easier for people to like, oh, you're just weird. But if you say, hey, idiot, it's offensive. You well, know? the haha just kidding is almost like, you know how people have that gut response to say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like they yeah, say, yeah, yeah. or they have a nervous laugh. Yes. After every comment. Or mm-hmm. I feel like you could write that one off a little bit more. Right. But hey, idiot is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, wait back, a minute. Back. Wait a minute. Like, can you imagine you get pulled over by a cop? You're right. like, hey, idiot. Good good evening, sir. Yeah. yeah. He's like, uh, you're at a seven. <laughs> I need you at about a four. You're like, sure thing, idiot. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine that bode. <clears throat> imagine that that would bode well in yeah, many situations. I, I don't think your life would go well. Hey, idiot. I need to open a business checking account. <laughs> All right. We want to hear what you would rather. This is a good one. And I'm guessing that there's a lot of implications that you are probably thinking of that we haven't addressed. Yeah. We talk about it every week in the After Hours Club over on Facebook. It is our exclusive, inclusive group that you are more than welcome to join. We have tons of great commentary and conversation that happens every single week. We support each other. I do weekly Q&A videos that I love to call Q&A. And you get to ask additional questions and I sound off on them. It's just a really great place. And we talk about the Would You Rather every single Monday. That's right. If you want to come over and join us, just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It will reroute you right over to the Facebook page. And then you can tell us what you would rather if you're going to be in the idiot club or the haha, just kidding club. We would <laughs> we would love to know. I particularly like to hear everybody's rationale about why. Me too. They uh, People think of things I did not think of. Or they'll, they'll get really, really deep into their reasoning. Right. And Super specific. Yeah. I love it. I really love good it. stuff. All right. So let's talk about getting rid of the takers in your life. There's a quote by... I believe it's Irma Kurtz, and it is, givers have to set limits because takers rarely do. Oh, wow. I love that quote, and I use it actually in a lot of my workshops and materials and such because 
I think we spin our wheels thinking that we just need to do something different to get other people to be different, right? Like maybe one day they'll see all of the effort that I'm putting in and then they'll magically want to thank me or reciprocate or whatever it might be. Yeah. Instead of just taking some ownership, standing in a place of confidence and saying whatever your truth might be, whether it's declining an invite or asking for what you need from a partner, we're going to dig into this considerably more in depth. This was a hard one for me just because I kind of come from the giver's gain perspective. So this will be interesting to see what you have to say. You know, that's a great point. That is a really, really great place to look because I think that there is a difference between giving because it is fulfilling for you and it's rewarding for you and it lights your spirit on fire and it's who you want to be in this world. And there's a very different, that's fueled from a different place than being a perpetual doormat. And what I find mm-hmm. I when see. people are perpetual doormats is they volunteer kind of subconsciously in all of their relationships to get walked on. Uh-huh. And so they find okay. that they're in the same sort of situations over and over again with intimate partnerships that don't really care about their needs or friendships that run all over them or are always asking for something but never can show up and be available for you. All of your friends or family members tend to be takers. So I'm talking about an overarching theme in Uh, your world, Okay, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But I do think that's an important piece to keep in mind. So if if anything comes up with regards to that, bring that up again, because I I do think that that can be a fine line. Because there's also the element of, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, where you're just legitimately – fulfilled through giving and through service or impact or philanthropy or something that's a giving of self. And so there's a hard, there's a fine line to navigate between when is this really fulfilling and rewarding for me and a real benefit to the world at large? And then when is it severely costing me something? Got it. Yeah. That's a great place to start. I want to start with a metaphor. And this is sort of an iteration of Stephen Covey's perspective about our lives as a bank account. So it's yes, I love this. A derivative of what he talks about. And so I'm always trying to give credit where credit is due, but I have a couple of nuanced ways to perceive your life as a bank account. So let's just look at this as it is first and then we'll dig deeper. The idea is this that we would perceive our life almost the same way that we perceive our bank account, right? So we have a financial tangible bank account where there is a specific amount of money in that account. So we wouldn't necessarily start handing out ATMs to all of these people in our worlds or writing a bunch of checks if there's not enough to give, right? right? Like we wouldn't just spend all of it, right? We we would make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, that we're paying our bills, all of those things. Yes. Yet, if we look at our life almost like an emotional bank account, we are overdrawing, overdraft all the time where we're not being filled. 
we're not taking care of our own emotional bandwidth or needs. Yeah. Yet we are giving and giving and giving to people. And furthermore, we're handing out ATMs. We're giving them opportunities to take from us. We're volunteering mm-hmm. to be walked on. Yes. Instead of going, oh, no, I'm at my limit or I'm not available to come to that person's rescue or whatever it might be, I do need to say no. A lot of it is an exercise in boundary setting, right? Yeah. The way we want to look at this is to start evaluating your emotional bank account and start looking at the relationships in your world. I want to give us the notion of what the ideal scenario is. Okay. If we were coming from a place of abundance instead of lack and scarcity, our ideal relationships would be ones in which we're both depositing into each other's accounts all the time. Right. So I'm constantly depositing into your account. You're constantly depositing into my account. And every once in a while, we're in a rough spot where we might have to withdraw. And say, and that's typically when we're going through a really rough spot or, you know, personally, like where I'll give you an example. If I am having a really rough go with a work endeavor and I've been discouraged or something like that, I might take a little bit more from you because I would need pep talks or support or I might have to request more from you than I'm able to give in that moment. Yeah, yeah. But when we look at the broad scheme of the accounts and the transactions, it's really about the deposits. More balance. It's more about constantly giving to each other. Yeah. So that there's a giving reciprocity. Yes. Instead of this idea of like, ugh, why don't they ever ask how I'm doing. They mm-hmm. just want to unleash on me and tell me all their shit and they expect yeah. me to be there for them. Or Right. I have a, I have a guy that's a colleague and he calls me all the time and it, he just lights into me about what's going on with his life. Like he doesn't even, he's like, hey, how you doing? I just, uh, you know, it like just rockets right into it. Yeah. And it's, you know, 15, 20 minutes of listening to him talk about it. Yeah. And it's, it's not that I don't want to hear it. It's that it's never reciprocated. Right. Right? Exactly. Right. He never says, hey, how's how's this going? Or what are you doing with that? Never. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you brought that up because this is a perfect example of the compound effect. So if you have that sort of scenario with your work colleagues, with your closest friends, with your family members, with your spouse, you have... A complete deprived account because you are only in a bunch of relationships that are taking from you. And I'm going to talk to you about where there's wiggle room because I really do think there's room for a case by case like this. Sure. Just the same way that we have charitable funds, right? Sure. We have a couple of people who maybe we're not going to get a ton from that relationship but we still it doesn't constitute severing ties completely so i want you guys to hear me that i'm not saying this means you get rid of a bunch of people it's either that you start being vocal about the things that you need in those relationships being more open and honest starting to decline so sometimes it's just about standing up for yourself, finding your voice. And then other times it might be about a distancing from that relationship because overall it isn't serving you. So you need to kind of figure that out, what that looks like. Yeah. 
I, I think I, I've avoided it because it is uncomfortable to say it. And I don't want to hurt his feelings. Right. You know, I don't want to be like, dude, every time you call me, you know, you just let into me about everything that's going on in your world. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you approach that? Well, I'm so glad you brought this up because this is, this is where you have a choice, right? Like, first of all, let's just get over this whole idea that we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Of course we don't. Like, nobody does, right? So when people go, oh, I don't like confrontation. Like, who the fuck likes confrontation? Nobody likes it. But what happens when we are so wrapped up in this idea of I don't want to hurt their feelings, what you're doing is you're choosing to stay the same. You're saying that that awkwardness of conversation is too scary, too big. I'm, I'll settle for what the dynamic is like. So oh, to yeah. answer your question of how to go about it, it also depends on how much you value that friendship. And do you really want to continue to foster open communication? Or is yeah, it- Yeah, I do. For sure. Yeah. But yeah, you have to make that choice. Yeah. And I get it. what I would advise you to do is- to tell that person, because I, I, what I will say is that I think there are a lot of people who have no idea that's what they're doing. And sometimes they're behaving from their own place of insecurity or frustration or whatever. I would just be very candid and honest and say, Hey, man. And I would probably do this in a separate scenario, like not. Not in that moment when he just did that, I would call him up and say, like, I really want to run something by you or there's something I, I want to share with you and say, like, I it, acknowledge I totally don't want to come off like an asshole. Please know my intention is not to be rude. I've noticed that there's this dynamic. You call me and I know you're pumped up and you're so excited to share, but it feels like for me that it's about everything that's going on in your world. And there's not even an interest in what's happening for me. And that's hard for me, man. And I also don't think that you would ever intentionally do that. And that's why I wanted to kind of bring this to you and let you know, because I am a firm believer that even though that shit right there is fucking hard and it takes practice and you stumble over your words and it's messy and your heart is beating, that shit right there Learning how to give voice to those sorts of things is what is so incredibly empowering for you because now you have the opportunity of getting your needs met. So what I, my rule of thumb kind of with all relationships is always asking myself, have I given them the opportunity to be what I need? Mm. Okay. Because if you have not given them the opportunity because they have no fucking clue that that bothers you, then that's you. And you are signing up to be a victim. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 But I, I, I think the reason I bring this up is because I'm the voice of the people. That's right. And, and so. <laughs> so being the voice of the people, I think that's one of the things that's probably the hardest for people to broach. Right. Is, yeah, I have this relationship, but I don't know how. I don't have the words or I don't know how to, you know, bridge that. Yeah conversation. And right there is one of the best ways to start by saying, I don't even know how to address this. I feel so awkward and I know I need to share this with you and I feel like it's going to be a big mess and say all the things you're afraid of. I really don't want to create awkwardness with us. I'm so afraid of hurting your feelings. 
And it's certainly not my intention, but I I have to share with you some stuff that's coming up. So even just stating how fucking awkward it is can be a great lead in. Gotcha. Or I don't even know how to approach this can be one of the best ways. That's great. Okay. So that is the first kind of concept that I want you to wrap your head around is this idea that we would never tolerate people just randomly taking money out of our accounts, right? Like just accessing our financial savings or checking account and just withdrawal here, withdrawal there, withdrawal there. But we allow it constantly with our emotional bank account. Hmm. I want you to start looking at that and deciphering who those people are, okay? Because where we get tripped up is that we don't say, hey, no, you can't take out of there. Or even worse, we volunteer for people to take it. And that's when we don't speak up. That's when we offer to do things that we really, really don't want to do. you got to stop fucking volunteering for shit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, oh, no, I'll totally take you there. Or, oh, you know what? I can help you with that. Or, oh, I would. No, not if that person is a perpetual taker. It's absolutely go all out if it's somebody who also is giving back to you. Yeah, Then absolutely, yes, be those things for that person. Okay. Okay, so that's where we get tripped up. The third thing that I want you to do is look at an inventory of all of your relationships and start looking at who has not made a deposit into my account in years that I have just been handing ATMs out Hmm. and who expects that of me and where I'm not happy about it. I think that's one of the, the keys, right? So when we talk about a really happy marriage or when we talk about a really thriving friendship or a great business alliance, it is one of reciprocity. It is, I contribute to you, you contribute to me. Not we're always taking from each other, but we're building each other up. It's a place of, it's a perspective of abundance instead of lack and scarcity. Yeah. 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 So with those situations, that is typically going to feel amazing, right? Like it feels awesome and exciting and thrilling. But if you have relationships like the one that you just mentioned, there's usually an emotion tied to that relationship that doesn't feel the best, right? I am guessing when that person calls you, you're like, I avoid their call. Right. A lot of times. There's an emotion. That's one of the best places to start is to look at, are there people in my life that I'm like, oh, I really don't want to see them. I don't want to spend time with them. I'm afraid they're going to ask stuff of me or demand stuff from me or things or emotions or whatever. And start looking at how do I feel in relationship to all of these various people in my world? That can also be insight to look deeper and go, oh, because I don't legitimately believe that they give a shit about me. Right. I think they care about what they can get from me. Hmm. And again, this is problematic when it is habitual in a lot of your relationships yes. or kind of the through line in all of your relationships. I want you to take a really concerted inventory. And I also want you to acknowledge within those relationships, which ones of them, this is to your point that you were talking about, which ones of them have you not given the opportunity to be what you need? Okay. Which ones have you not 
articulated what's happening with you. In fact, I know you had a relationship with a guy years ago, and you've shared this too, where you called him out and you said, man, I feel like every time you call me, you just want something. And you know what? I never heard from that guy again after I said that. What a rich friendship though. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It's like, what are we so afraid of? That the person who's draining the fuck out of us is going to reject us? That's fine. Bye, Felicia. Like, bye. Yeah. We have to get our shit straight here. And the the shit that you need to get straight is that what you need, what you value, your wants, your opinions fucking matter. And if the people in your life don't believe that or don't demonstrate that, we have a problem. And your job is to decide what you are going to tolerate or what you're no longer going to tolerate. I'm sure you have heard that quote a million times that we teach people how to treat us. And I would add the addendum that we teach people how to treat us largely through what we choose to tolerate, not by what we say. Because most of the time, to your point, we don't say anything. We don't Mm -hmm. speak up. But we imply what we are compliant to when we are quiet. Yeah. So you are teaching people all around you what you will accept by what you choose to tolerate. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is why when you take this inventory, it's important not to just point fingers and go, oh, my mom is so draining or, oh, this guy this or, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. this one friend, blah. It's so easy to it's do e- that. way easier. Yeah, for sure. It's, it, it will always be easier to make it their fault. <laughs> and that also means you're taking zero ownership. You're not willing to be uncomfortable. You're not willing to speak the fuck up for yourself. And that, my friend, is a massive subconscious message to yourself about your worth, about your value. We don't realize that. We think, oh, I just, I don't want to rock the boat or it's really uncomfortable or I don't like conversation. I can't stand when people say that. I'm like, who likes that? Nobody likes that. You know, it's like the people (laughs) who fucking love working out. I'm like, no, you don't. We all hate it. We just do it because it's good for us. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain things like taxes. I fucking hate doing my taxes, right. but I love having a sound business. Yeah. Right? This is one of those things. I don't care if you don't like confrontation. Do you like valuing yourself? Do you want to value yourself more? Then it's about using your words. All right. I got, I got worked Ooh, up. Work up. Woo! Work it up, girl. All right. Number four. I want you to start looking at where do you need to start cutting those ATMs up? Who needs to be cut off? And what is the actual action behind that? So to your point, it could be about actually saying what you need in that relationship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's called plastic surgery. Oh, is it? Cutting up the cards, you know? Oh, he's here all week, everybody. (laughs) So I think that there's also a disclaimer here that this is not about just straight up ghosting somebody. Now, that can be a method if you would not expect the same in return from them. If you were behaving in a way that somebody else felt like you were always taking advantage of them, look at the nature of that relationship and go, would I want them to tell me? Then you probably need to tell them. Hmm. That's kind of how you gauge the relationship. Because I also think there's a lot of people who they just fly through friendships you know, or relationships, even intimate partnerships where it gets too hard to speak up for things. And so they just leave yeah, or they just ghost or they just fade out. That is only okay if you are not invested in the relationship. If you, if it's just not worth 
having a, a conversation. Not that it's just really scary to have the conversation. Gotcha. But if it's a genuine, like, I don't, I don't even want to nurture this friendship in any kind of way, or I'm just tolerating my mom at holidays or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. it might be for you. Right. Hmm, okay. I, and I need you to start looking at what do I need to give voice to then? If it is my job to at least give that person the opportunity to be what I need, what do I need to say? What do I need to say to them? And it could be stating what they do and how you interpret that. So you might say, like with your example, you might say to your friend, when you start and tell me everything that's going on with you, and then you don't ever ask me how I'm doing in return, I read that as, man, he doesn't give a shit about what's going on with me. Well, not only that, but it diminishes my interest in hearing what he has to say. So he's just, yes. you know, I'll be like doing other things while he just, you know, blathers on. Right. You know, and it is a waste of both of our time. That's right. You know. However, if he knew that, perhaps he might change. Perhaps yeah. he might be like, hey, bro, what's going on with you? Right. And really open up that method of communication. Again, I like it. that's why I think it's about really deciding what do I want for the future of this relationship? Yeah. And getting really clear and honest with yourself about that. Now, I want to talk about a charity category. And this is an idea that I have kind of introduced into this metaphor that definitely is not something that uh, Stephen Covey talks about. But it is this idea that there are the relationships in our world where we don't want to sever the relationship altogether. We don't want to cut them off. We don't want to kick them out. But we've come to a peacefulness around this will never be reciprocal. They will never really be what I need. This is really common in families. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I have definitely had that situation with family members where I'm not, there's no grounds to really kick them out of my life altogether. But I'm very clear that they will probably never be what I need. Yeah. That they probably won't ever say the things I really wish they would say. They probably won't check in with me the way I wish they would, regardless of how many times I'm, I've asked for it. And so you kind of get to this place of, I've learned to not expect anything for you, from you. And I choose to show up in this relationship within reason from a place of this is the woman that I want to be in this relationship. Hmm. Now, the biggest piece to understand about this is that you monitor it as charity. So for instance, we do not have our finances available to give 100% to charity, nor can we give all of our time and energy to philanthropy. We have to ration it. We have to go, here's a small part of my fin financial income that I am going to give and expect nothing in return. It's really about the expectation from that right. other person. Okay. And that is a small category. Right. That's where we have that little bit of wiggle room to go, okay, no, that's not grounds for get the fuck out of my life or I'm never going to talk to you again. But I am going to, A, establish boundaries for sure and not be giving, 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 giving. And B, I'm going to make sure that there are only a few of those in my world. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, just like you would in a budget, you give a, 
you know, certain percentage to charity or to church or whatever. Yeah. And I would say if I'm going to add C on there, I would also say I'm not going to expect anything else in return. Because I think that's where we get really convoluted, especially with think people who we think we quote should be close to, like family. Mm-hmm. Or stepkids or something like that is we think if I do or change or shift enough, maybe maybe then they'll magically want to be that for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think uh, something to watch out for, like this is where my mind went, was, oh, I can put this guy into my charity account and avoid the conversation. That's right. Right? But I think approaching the conversation is more important. You know, that's I'm, right. I'm just afraid to do it. That's right. Yeah. And that's where you have to really, really check in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the pieces that's huge is thinking about the nature of the relationship and would you want the same courtesy in return? Right. That's yeah, the biggest that's big, thing. For sure. Mm-hmm. If I see you that. were doing a behavior that this friend found insidious, would you want him to bring it to you too? Yeah. And that gives you kind of your answer of fuck. Yeah, I need to I need to broach this. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah, I see that. All right. So here's the notion. Number one is to view your life as a bank account and start really analyzing your emotional thrush- threshold. Number two is to really look at where you're getting tripped up, where you hand out those ATMs. Mm-hmm. Three is to start really honing in on that inventory and making sure that a majority of your relationships are ones that are equal and that you're continually contributing to each other's lives. Number four, really analyzing what are the actions that I need to take? Who needs to be either cut off, phased out, or have a really tough conversation? And I will link to the tough conversation podcast that I've done. So you can definitely find that in the show notes page. And then finally, decide on who might be in that charity category in your world and what are the boundaries therein? And it's really about deciding this is where I'm going to show up with zero expectations for that hmm. person. It's the human I want to be. Yeah. Right. Maybe mm-hmm. you don't get a ton in return, but you're at peace with that. So you don't get to bitch and complain about that charity account. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that is a little perspective around eliminating those takers in your life. And I really want you to hear that no matter what, no matter if you are going, fuck, I really, I don't like confrontation. <laughs> like, if you're going, I just got called out. Please know you are worth having valuable people in your world. You are worth having reciprocal friendships, having people you can confide in, people who want to build you up. And it is absolutely possible, but it starts with you being very clear about what you will and will not tolerate, period, period. and being vocal about it, following through with action. And you can do all of that, I promise. It might be uncomfortable, but you can fucking do it and you are worth it. Preach, preach. So be sure to come hang out with us over in the After Hours Club. We'll definitely be talking about this episode over there. After Hours. And you can find us at thejoyjunkie.com slash club or in the show notes page as well. And anything else you wanted to throw in, babe? Uh, no. Uh, this was a very contemplative one for me. It hit home for me. Good. Yeah. Someone has some homework. <laughs> I do. 
<laughs> Matter of fact, he called me today. You're like, but first, let me start this business. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.